Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this, the spectacular episode 281 of the Material Podcast. I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Florence Ion, and spectacular is not a word that I was <laughs> going into this morning with, I will say. See, I, I'm I'm betting on optimism. I've I've because in 2020, I've become more heavily invested in hope for the best, expect the worst, but definitely put the accent on hoping for the best. I really feel like the the uh, Morrissey to your insert pop star <laughs> of equivalent here, because I am just like bordering on the cynical. It's actually overcast where I am, and um, it, I'm in a. I don't know that I would say I'm in a spectacular state, but I'm definitely, definitely, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, I, I, I also have the overcast skies. I've got the autumn like wind. I've also, again, thanks to the spectacular big windows, the vision of, see, this is, this is optimism in, 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 uh, in play. I can see like, leaves dying on the on the trees about my window but in new england we think of that as the fall colors isn't it right. lovely the nature is giving us its own fireworks and it's a season of renewal it's so funny we were i don't know who we were talking to or thinking of the other day but i was just thinking it's very hard to have fall in California, or at least where I live specifically, because we just have a lot of pine trees. So it's like it goes from burgeoning, beautiful pine trees to empty, naked branches. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not pretty. It's just like one day it's there and then the next day it's naked. Yes. <laughs> No, so. I had, I, it reminded me of, a, of one of my editors from San Francisco came to visit uh, in New England, and we went on. I took him on a uh, what, what I call my my one lap of New England tour, mm -hmm. which is fun, especially if you like get a couple of hotel rooms so you can stay, so you don't have to do it all in one day. But so because if you really, if someone really, really wants to see New England, you really have to see all all of the states, right. because they're all like independent nations, almost like independent climates, and so. Um, but this is a drive that I do a couple times a year, even just for for fun. It's it's a joy when someone when I have an excuse to take someone on it, and so I'm going through uh, the, this uh, this valley uh, that I've been through a, mi a million times in Vermont, and I'm wondering like why I, I'm sort of blasé, but my editor's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and I'm like, what, what's what's the matter? What's the matter? And he's just like, so many trees. And then I, that's the great thing about having an outsider because, oh, that's right. I'm going to this, we're going to this deep, deep valley that's like a bowl lined with like enormous trees of every shape, size, and color. It is pretty awesome. I can understand why Vermont decided to name itself about the Green Mountains. I'm trying to plan something for this winter, some sort of drive. It's probably going to be after the holidays just because it'll be a little clearer on the roads and a little, clear, you know, I'm, the whole COVID thing is still happening. So I'm trying to <laughs> not take my family out when it's like yeah. the busiest. Um, but I really feel like this year in particular, I have appreciated the few times that I've been able to just like take a drive and just kind of look out the window because it's really the, it's really the limit on what we can do to get out in a way that I feel super safe um, cause you're not always in the mood to go on like a giant hike right? and right. just, you know, like, ugh, I, you know, sometimes you don't want to do that. Sometimes you just want to drive somewhere, take out some food from the trunk, eat it, and then <laughs> drive home. Yeah. So I've been really trying to do that this winter. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's the one thing that I miss about not having a car. It's all been upside except for two, two yeah. things. Taking one taking off for a spontaneous road trip when it's a Monday, and by 11 a.m. I already know that nothing's going to go okay. I may as well drive to Cape Cod and get some fried clams. Uh, and number two is there's something so meditative about driving because at yeah. least at least it's the the way that my brain is wired up, and maybe a lot of mm -hmm. like. I wouldn't call myself a workaholic, but people who find it hard to like get the brain yes. to spin down yes. because the car inside Raising the car. Hand. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's the only place where uh, my brain knows that, well, it's almost, there's almost no point in continuing to think about this thing that we're working on because it's not as though we can like 
uh, get out our phone while we're driving and take notes or do any actual work, I may, we, as a brain, I might as well be resigned to the fact that I'm just going to be in this sort of uh, fugue state of the subtle things of operating a vehicle safely, none of which involves uh, none of which involves huge problem solving. It's all about simply maintaining awareness, maintaining a sense of where you are and where you want to go. Uh, and also there's, and also there's podcasts. So yes, this, that is the one of the couple of things I miss about having a car. Andy and I, by the way, we're not going to originally talk about this. It's just something that came <laughs> off the top of my head, but I, I feel like you described it perfectly. Now I want to switch subjects and I feel like this is a good time to segue into a very California experience that you had recently. <laughs> So just kind of to switch coasts yeah, exactly. here. Uh, we, so we, we had, uh, again, we both are having overcast skies right now. Right. Uh, also, on Saturday, uh, there was an earthquake here that w- in New England that was strong enough that was shaking the bed and causing a multi-story brick building to creak. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. It's, How did, it's, what? We, f- we forget in New England that there are, of course, fault lines, and uh, I am I found out that I am I like that. on a fault line, right? So it was it was a, like a 4.0 centered on, at, in New Bedford, which would be, gee, I don't know, like 30, 40 miles away, uh, 50 miles away from where I live. Anyway, close close enough that like I've uh, fortunately I, I it didn't wake me up because I was I was one of those weird Saturdays in which oh gosh I can't believe I'm I'm already up at the crack of 9 a.m. But I was so so I'm lying in bed. And just like reading, doing my usual like first like news uh, news read of the day, and then suddenly like the bed is like just I can just feel it just going. for like five to eight seconds, and there's first the the first the reaction of gosh that is a big ass truck that's passing that's passing by, and then wow that must be a long ass truck that's passing by if it's causing things to vibrate for for five to ten seconds i should note that at no point has there ever been a truck passing by that has caused anything inside this building to shake uh and then comes the point where you realize that oh, okay this must this must be an earthquake how interesting it was and live, as a lifelong yeah. new englander this is the only time that i've ever like you know why is the bed shaking uh, there, no 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 injuries no damage uh it was it, it everything worked out fine it was a good i mean topic that's a of run-of-the-mill earthquake exactly. here in the bay area it's like oh we had a four well that was a little unnerving but we're okay <laughs> exactly like... and so and but uh, i did have a chance to like <laughs> use that feature that we talked about a few uh, a few weeks ago or a couple yeah. months ago where i did a just unthinkingly i did a google search for like earthquakes and immediately i got a new, the first thing was an information card with like a red banner on it with a image of like new bedford my location and new bedford with like the epicenter of the earthquake noted uh and like oh that's right okay it's nice nice to know <laughs> so <laughs> um i I will. I, I was curious about that. Just by the way, if you type an earthquake into Google search, it will literally give you like the most recent earthquakes that have happened. Um, but it it, it kind of uh, puts them in order kind of weirdly. Here we go. Bedford, Massachusetts, 3.6, November 8th, 6.10 a.m. Uh, my time. 6.10 a.m. My time. It was 9 a.m. Your time. Interesting. Interesting. Um I did. I I have to admit that I did it again. No, nothing. Nothing more than interesting. Uh, interesting chat amongst the neighborhood uh, later in the morning. But I did well, use I mean, that as an excuse. Well, I mean, it is kind of weird because you guys aren't known again, for yeah. for the earthquakes happening. And I know when that earthquake happened in New York. And I guess I was curious because when we talked about the ability for your Android phone to basically tell you an earthquake, it worked for. Uh, my co-host at All About Android, Jason Howell, when he experienced an earthquake, he, I think, I think it was him. He got the alert on his phone as it was happening. God, I hope I'm not making this story up and it's not something that I dreamt. Um, I'm having a hard time, you know, because we like, life you, is so. Real, reality takes, needs to be double checked. In fact, it is. I can never, I don't know what's real, what's not this year. Um <laughs> But yeah, I was curious because when I read about it, I was reading that it was directly integrated with whatever California, state of California had put into place. And so it made sense that that would be, uh, you know, that would be a real time sort of thing. I guess I was curious if 
I don't know. I, I Maybe I need to research and look into what the infrastructure is for like earthquake alerting, because clearly I lived through them, but I don't really know what the protocol is or. It's interesting stuff because uh, Google, when the, the, the story that we talked about a couple of months ago was about how they were doing more crowdsourcing information to try to like when people things as simple as. Uh, the frequency if if a whole bunch of people suddenly google this term earthquake at the same time in the same rough location perhaps they're they're feeling an earthquake there and although the usgs in the united states certainly knows that an earthquake happened that's mm-hmm. a good indication of no it was actually felt here in andianatko's office or andianatko's bedroom or wherever uh, so yeah but it's it, it's 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 weird we have to we it uh, the I did tweet about it and post on Facebook because I thought it was kind of funny. Also, oh, oh awesome. This is, this is, I can slide, I wasn't going to say this, but I can slide this in as though I'm not intending to say this. It was a weird weekend in which, like, uh, the, the election was called for Biden. Uh, uh, Mark Hamill replied to one of my tweets, which was awesome. And I also experienced my first earthquake in New England, no less. Andy, uh, can I, can I say something that is, it just shows what a terrible person I am. It's possible that I can be. <laughs> I, d- I doubt that you can, but because I, I, d- Mark I doubt Mark Hamill that has replied to me twice oh. before it happened to you this weekend. No, no, we're a shared experience. But, uh, you know, we? I just didn't want to dump on you and say, no, no, well, no, you no, know. No, 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 no. It's, yeah, see, the, the, <laughs> the thing is, there is the, uh, there is the awareness I, and, uh, I think I think he's liked one of my tweets before. <clears throat> anyway, uh, the okay, fine. Not not two. So it's two. It's two <laughs> replies to one reply and one and one like. But yeah, it's like there are people. I'm sure there are people who are. I'm guessing a lot older than us that are like, oh, for God's sakes! It's like for for all you know, it was like his social media campaign. No, worker it's who Mark did this Hamill. It's, no, exactly, we know it's exactly. Mark. No, yeah, I'm, it's... I'm, I'm saying, the, but the reaction of someone who like who was like 40 years old when Star Wars was released, as opposed to being, in my case, like 10 years old. And yes, I'm fully aware that he doesn't know who I am. But they have to. They, they're the. They, that's one of those moments where like the. 10 year old kid in you like manifests itself and says okay i don't know what decisions you've made on my behalf that led to luke skywalker both acknowledging our presence but also indicating his approval for something you've said or did but i totally approve of all the decisions you've made on my behalf as an adult (laughs) i mean did i give him the manuscript that i made when i was 11 of the sailor moon star wars crossover fan fiction uh (laughs) that i put together one summer no the the trapper keeper with mr and mrs flo and mark hamill written in heart solo uh, (laughs) it was this whole story about i mean i've we we will move on but just very quickly it was this whole story about how sailor moon had a secret daughter and she ended up in the Star Wars part of the galaxy because apparently the, oh, the galaxies are intertwined. <laughs> Listen, I, I have an imaginative brain if you just let me do it. Um, <laughs> speaking of imaginative, uh, before we move on, Andy, you wanted to drop a little meta bit that I I feel... <laughs> A piece, a piece of meta information. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going. You might have noticed that last week's show was a little bit short compared to previous. Uh, compared uh, to previous ones, short compared uh, to yes. Exactly. Uh, we're going to try to see if we can do these within uh, and end these within an hour without uh, without losing the flow and andiness that you've all grown to know and grudgingly tolerate uh, over the past 280 so episodes. So it's it's interesting because we've always done this like sort of as a free form sort of stuff where all we do. We always have been looking at the time to make sure that, oh, well, now I've now we've got it's now an hour and 10 minutes and we've got 30 minutes worth of story. Okay, let's just highlight some of these in the show doc and gray those suckers out so we don't talk about them this week. Um, but it's so it's so we're gonna we're gonna be experimenting with that a little bit. Uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's even if we go back to oh no, let's do anything. It'll give us a little bit. It's, it's always fun to experiment with the tools that you're using, experiment with the techniques that you're using. Um, there's uh, as a matter of fact, I've uh, we're, we might have to have a uh, one of those Google style like user interface eye tracking uh human interface things i've just i've just done like a the first new version of the show doc with like a user interface since like i started doing them 
<laughs> at the very very start uh so it's uh, this is always something that uh, this, uh, we're gonna we're, i'm uh, translating this as a meta announcement but also as a way of saying yeah this is something that if there's something that you have to do regularly or even something you regularly do for enjoyment it always behooves you to take a look at how you're doing it the techniques you're using things that were working great mm-hmm. uh, a long time ago that maybe things have changed for instance when we started the when we started out of course we had three hosts mm-hmm. uh, and now we have two it's more conversational which means so many nice things again not better but different and uh, uh, wonderful in its in a way that we weren't able to do with three hosts but of course part of that is we just we're two friends who enjoy talking for <laughs> for an hour and a half actually for usually two hours by the time we get started and by, by the time we actually disconnect the call so uh so you can look forward to that if you've so uh if you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you want to egg us on, uh, if you want to discourage us, as always, uh, if you go to relay.fm slash material, you'll find all the different places where you can get in touch with us. We'll repeat this at the end of the show. But as usual, if you tweet at us also at material podcast or oh, that flow or mm-hmm. Anatko, we will absolutely see that. Um, we will. So uh, with it, now that I see that my I did a Google search for stopwatch. Uh, which which I for, had forgotten actually last week that it actually will pop up an actual timer or stopwatch. We are at 16 minutes and 20 seconds. We're doing okay. We were budgeted for 15 minutes of extemporaneous dialogue. We are doing just fine. So without any further ado, let's mm-hmm. have a break, and then we will start talking about something interesting and flavorful. This episode of Material is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Now, there are tons of VPN providers out there. You've probably heard of a couple of them. And some of you may have even used a VPN before. But there's a reason I use ExpressVPN and why we have them as a sponsor. (laughs) They're really good. Here's why. ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Other VPNs make money by selling your data to ad companies. But ExpressVPN developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your information. Second, it's speed. Many VPNs slow your connection down or make your device sluggish, but I've been using ExpressVPN for a while now, and my internet speeds, they remain as fast as I'm paying for. Even when I connect to servers thousands of miles away, all the way in Romania, I can still stream HD quality videos with zero lag. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart from other VPNs is how easy it is to use. Unlike other VPNs, you don't have to input or program anything. You just fire up the app and click one button to connect. It's so easy, even your grandparents could use it. And it's not just me saying this. Wired, The Verge, CNET, and many other tech experts rate ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world. Now, I love ExpressVPN because, as I've told you, I like to sink into the motherland and see what Netflix is showing in the Romanian language. But of course, ExpressVPN is really great because it works on all the different platforms that I use. It works on Windows, it works on Chrome OS, it works on Android, and it's all you have to do is install the app and it'll take you to another server someplace else. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Go to expressvpn.com slash material today and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash material. Go there now. Check it out. Visit expressvpn.com slash material to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and of Relay FM. Well, there's, there's only one way to put it. There is an election still kind of in progress. It depends on whom you ask. And let's not get into these whoms, but uh, there are there is a preponderance of people, including uh, the Democratic candidate for vice president president, who seem to think that they are the president and vice president elect. Uh, and given that <laughs> I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to be Living as fair and balanced and not piss people off as as possible. <laughs> so given that there is certainly a non-zero chance that this will be the president and vice president, it does behoove uh, Joe we Biden move. and Kamala Harris on behalf of all of us to prepare for the eventuality that he and she will be sworn in and take the office of the powers in the office of president uh, in late January. Uh, so there's been some speculation and some uh, some beard stroking about uh 
in this case, uh, why, what Biden means for big tech and Google in particular. This was a really good article from uh, the MIT Technology mm-hmm. Review where they were interviewing a whole bunch of like policy and industry ex- experts to ask them what they think is going to happen to tech. They start off with something very, very concerning uh, from the uh, the, the uh, Joe Biden gave a, an interview in January 2020 with the New York Times editorial board. Uh, and he said, I'm quoting the article here, uh, Biden said that he wanted to revoke Section 230. That is essentially the power of people like you and me to publish things on the Internet without fear that the publish the the, the uh, that Twitter or Facebook or Google, whoever helps YouTube will get sued because of what we say. So essentially, it is the law from the 1990s that created free speech on the Internet, uh, said that he wanted to revoke Section 230, suggested that he disagreed with how friendly the Obama administration became with Silicon Valley and referred to tech, tech executives as, quote, little creeps, unquote. That's Joe Biden. I, I, I do not question the validity of that quote, uh, who displayed an, a, a, quote, overwhel- overwhelming arrogance, unquote. But Internet companies have also <laughs> been among. OK, hold on. Hold on. Go ahead. <laughs> I just need to say I maybe agree with Biden little, little about creeps, some yeah. of the little creeps. Creepy and arrogant. Yeah. Because there's definitely a lot of the men's <laughs> yes. in this and not even men's, also women's. Okay, I'm thinking of like Meg Whitman and a couple of other folks who have been talking heads in the tech industry. They can be little creeps. Yep. They could definitely have overwhelming arrogance. Yep. Uh, but they, it also points out that the internet companies have also been amongst his campaign's top ten donors. Which, yeah, okay, they have. Which was that if, if donors don't. They will t- politicians will take money from anybody. Donors will give money to anybody who might be a power. Uh, technology industry insiders joined his campaign, and incoming Vice President Kamala Harris has longstanding ties to right. Silicon Valley as a former district attorney in San Francisco. Right. Um, we got a little bit more of, but that, that was to 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 be frank. This is January 2020, where he's uh, fighting to make sure he's he's, he's campaigning. Oh, right, right, also, right. Also, Biden is nothing ago. if not a political animal. He is a career politician, and some of us think that that's a good thing. There, but we, I can also acknowledge there are things that are less altruistic about being a career politician, such as I'm not going to lie about my beliefs, but I'm going to find uh, something I believe in in a way that I can express it so that it actually doesn't it actually appeals to everybody instead of just one isolated group we're not going to get into politics we're not going to get into that so right so i'm i'm (laughs) i was scared because yeah i was scared about section 230 like okay this was if if he's not a maverick he's just speaking politics i think but anyway uh but the the article gets into more details uh biden's uh, transitional website uh yesterday they mentioned uh (laughs) sorry there's there's some stuff on that website just by the okay I, we're not gonna get political <laughs> no, keep going I I, I have to yeah. stop. That so the, the the good news, if you want to be optimistic about what this election will mean, what his election will mean for tech, uh, it mentions the priorities for the administration. But the only tech related one is making broadband more accessible, which is I think we've all seen exactly how it, super important it is. And the fact that uh, the current FCC has issued a lot of balloon juice about that being a priority without actually balloon caring. Juice, yeah. We've got a third of the country that don't have access to broadband at a time where it's the key to getting education and employment at this point. Um, so uh, the the bad news for Google is, of course, the Department of Justice antitrust lawsuit. It is not going away, particularly considering that it's not only the Department of Justice that's going after Google and these other companies, but also all 50 state attorney generals minus uh, minus attorneys general minus California. Uh, also, that blockbuster house report on competition and digital marketplace, that 500 page whopper. Uh, it, it it in itself was not a legal proceeding against any of these companies, but it really was. Here, hey, do you do you are you a government agency at the state, local, or federal level who wants to really inflict a lot of pain on a large tech company? Here is the evidence that you need in order to prosecute them. Um, the Section 230 debate also obviously isn't going away. However, Gigi Son, uh, an Electronic F- Frontier Foundation board member and a distinguished fellow at the Georgetown Law Institute for Technology, Law and Policy, i.e. when you when I see her name, I know that something very, very smart and educational and well-informed is going to uh, follow. Uh, she said uh, to uh, the author of this piece, uh, quote, I can assure you 
that, you know, nobody in this leadership thinks the FCC ought to be the one interpreting the law, uh, unquote. Rather, she says it falls to Congress to, quote, fix the law, unquote, and to courts to interpret it. Uh, so not the let's wipe all the pieces off the board and treat it like it uh, it shouldn't exist in the first place, but that open certainly open to a new interpretation that puts more responsibility on uh, on Google and other companies like that. Uh, she also predicts that the focus of the debate on uh, Section 230 will shift shift from uh, quote Google is excuse me that was my quote. <laughs> Uh, from the from the conversation of Google is being mean to Republicans uh, to just the idea of these companies are too big and powerful uh, under the current lack of restrictions. Um, Alex Stapp, the technology director for the Progressive Stapp Institute, uh, was uh, talking about what happens if Republicans hold the Senate, which is something I hadn't really thought about. Um, he's suggesting that if uh, this, if uh, the opposition party has the ability to block things in the Senate, uh, he's saying that, quote, tech antitrust falls too far down the list of priorities, unquote, suggesting that the, th- the things that uh, the about that the. Uh, uh, that the new administration actually wants mm-hmm. uh, is super, super important, such as uh, we have to, to pay attention to the economy. We have to pay attention to defense. We have to t- pay attention to health, housing and welfare. This is not going to be the highest thing. If they have to fight, fight, fight just to get their appointees approved, they're not going to be putting a, as much time under Section 230 as they would if they uh, if they could really act with impunity. The, the article is also suggesting that, well, uh, for, for optimism, that uh, on behalf of Google, that Obama was very cozy with the tech industry, uh, as uh, indicated at the top of that, um, and suggesting that perhaps this will repeat under Biden. Uh, so there's some hope there. The only real evidence that we have so far is that just yesterday, recording on a Wednesday, the uh, the uh, Biden transition website uh, posted its, quote, agency review teams. Uh, this is actually an official sort of thing that uh, is required of them. Uh, hmm. uh, the uh, there, there is actually a, a law of the Presidential Transition Transition Act requires disclosure of all the names of the people that uh, the campaign, excuse me, the uh, the president and vice president-elect will be using as their brain trust to take a look at the current state of all of the uh, different government bureaus and what they intend to do uh, when they when they get started. Uh, they're required to, uh, by the Presidential Transition Act, uh, to list uh, each member of this team, uh, their most recent employment, and their sources of funding on their team so that if Verizon is like giving somebody a $50,000 grant to take three months off of work and work for the campaign. It's very important that taxpayers know about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of these positions, however, are listed as volunteer uh, positions. Um, so Ars Technica has uh, done a breakdown of this. It is a very, very, very long list of names, dozens of names for each agency. Uh, they say, quote, the list has more than 500 members and technology companies are well represented on the list. It includes current employees of Airbnb, Amazon, Dell, Dropbox, LinkedIn, Lyft, Salesforce, Stripe and Uber. It also includes employees from the philanthropic organizations of three tech moguls, the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, Mm -hmm. uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and Schmidt Ventures, which of course is run by uh, Google former Google CEO Eric Schmidt, of which we will hear more later. Um, Now, does this mean that does this mean that uh, a the absence of like actual like Googlers and Applers and Facebookers on this list is significant that they're being shut out? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, is it also significant that oh my God, they're looking for people for they're looking at people from from Lyft and Salesforce and Dropbox and Amazon? Uh, not quite. Uh, the thing is that uh, as ours notes, um, the. Uh, a lot of these people who are on this list, they name uh, like Bill Baer, who was the head of the Department of Justice's uh, antitrust enforcement team from 2013 to 2016, which sounds like bad news for Google. Uh, he also worked on the suit against Apple for price fixing in the iBook store again, which that. would seem in the yeah. abstract to be bad news for people who are defending against antitrust. But they are making the point that it's not as though they're plucking these people like like aliens uh, plucking cows out of a pasture. A lot of these people are like policy lifers that and they real and if they are a uh, liberal or democratic leaning, they are not going to find they know they're not going to have much work to do uh, during a uh, Republican led administration. So they will take jobs in the private sector, oftentimes as policy uh, policy advisors for these large companies. And now that dem- the Democrats are back in power in the White House, they're simply coming back from uh, from the pasture. So it could mean something could mean nothing. Um, it's going to be something to 
watch, certainly because we don't know at this point uh, how valuable, for instance, the fight against Section 230 is going to be. We don't know if the fight, uh, the antitrust fight against Google is going to redouble or whether it's going to be deprioritized. It's certainly going forward, but whereas six months ago there was enough uncertainty to think that both Democrats and Republicans, there was a lot of support for, guess what, you are now going to be a search company and a separate ad company and a separate uh, software company. Uh, I would guess that that's not going to happen now, but there's still going to be uh, a bunch of pain. Um, the good news is that Ajit Pai is definitely out as the head of the FCC. So if you are one of those 30% of the population that needs broadband, maybe there's a good chance you're going to get it now. Just to add it to the pile, um, I'm just thinking about the kids who have had to sit outside McDonald's and Taco Bell and yeah. to just to get free Wi-Fi to do their schooling. So just just want to put that out there. We need some reform when it comes to that. Yeah, immediately. and this is, I mean, Ajit Pai is actually a good a good uh, example of what we we're talking about before. Um, when he was first named, and we didn't know how well or how poorly, from our perspective, he would do his mm-hmm. job. A lot of people, said, well, he's a for- he used to be a lawyer for Verizon. I said, well, yeah, that's bad. Well, no, that, no, I'm saying that that is bad. <laughs> but at the t- at the time, you have to mitigate that with the knowledge that he is like a lifelong like policy wonk. And that uh, he used to work for the uh, he used to work uh, for Republican governments, and now he's basically he, he took jobs with uh, Verizon while he was going elsewhere. He is uh, so with each of these names, and particularly as we go into people who are actually being named to uh, as a, as official presidential advisors, we have to not push the panic button right away. Although uh, 2020 having been what it was, we will always have the key in the panic button, the key turned so that that little pop-up cover over the panic button is already open so that if we need to pick push the panic button, we can push it. And it is quite, quite ready to go. Uh why don't we take another break? And after that, yeah. we have some news for people who are using Google Photos. And it's good news. <laughs> this episode of Material is brought to you by our friends at Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing enterprise infrastructure, you deserve simple, affordable, and accessible cloud computing solutions that allow you to take your project to the next level. You can simplify your cloud infrastructure with Linode's Linux virtual machines, helping you develop, deploy, and scale your modern applications faster and easier. Quite frankly, anything that can make your workflow faster and easier is worth checking out. Linode has 11 global data centers and provides 24-7 human support, 365 days a year, 366 in a leap year. So you never have to be stuck without support. Night or day, holiday or not, Linode is there with no tiers or handoffs, regardless of your plan size. And you can check it out for free. Get started right now on Linode today with $100 in free credit for listeners of material by going to linode.com slash material. In addition to shared and dedicated compute instances, you can use your $100 credit on S3 compatible object storage, manage Kubernetes, and more. So head to linode.com slash material and click on the create free account button to get started. Go there now, check it out, and our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, there is good news for Google Photos. It's it's the most popular users of, of, of Internet storage in the world. Uh, Google is very proud of this, and they wanted to boast that Google Photos is currently storing more than 4 trillion photos and videos, with over 28 billion new photos coming in each and every week. So you are all, we are all to be congratulated for backing the winning team. <clears throat> Also, that's like kind of a lot of data for them to store. So they're saying that they're going to have to be terminating the uh, free unlimited photo uploads for a while. But hey, isn't it great that Google Photos is so successful? Okay, no, you're not buying any of this. I was trying to put a good spin on this, but maybe there is not quite so much a good spin on it. Uh, So this is a uh, quote. (laughs) So uh, the the uh, Google announced uh, today uh, that uh, the free ride or free uploads is now going to be, uh, excuse me, since no, uh, I got the quote here from the Google uh, Google blog, since so many of you rely on Google Photos to store your memories 
It's important that it's not just a great product, but also continues to meet your needs over the long haul in order to welcome even more of your memories and build Google Photos for the future. We are changing our unlimited high-quality storage policy. So definitely putting a good spin on it, I would say. <laughs> so the change in policy is... Sorry. Uh, <laughs> does, I know. <laughs> I'm still working out how I feel about this. Let, let's continue to uh, we'll, we'll get, expand, we'll get some, and then I will. We'll get we'll get some get some good news out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't uh, the f- uh, free uploads uh, doesn't start until uh, doesn't end until June first, twenty twenty one. From that, <laughs> when everybody day- goes back to work. True, and vacation and go <laughs> vacation starts. Uh, from that day onward, any new photos uploaded to Google Photos will count towards your Google account storage. And that's the storage that's shared across all of your Google services, including Google Drive. Uh, however, there is good there is some good news uh, that all the photos you've already got in Google Photos will remain there safe and sound, and they are exempt from this change. So if you've already got a kajillion photos in there that you're not paying for, yeah, they will remain in there. You will, know, you will not have to uh, start paying for them. Uh, this also applies to uh, photos that you have uploaded, photos and videos you uploaded in high quality again so long as you uploaded it before june 1st 2021 so yeah this is a very very good time that if you uh, if you've got a hard drive somewhere where every time you've uh, I, I do have one of these hard drives where every time i'm doing house cleaning and i find uh, like an sd card or even a, a compact flash card any like old card i will immediately like pop it in look for pictures up uh, copy this to this hard drive and i've got like terabytes of stuff going from like ages and ages and ages ago so this is a really good opportunity for you to take every single picture you've got uh, in your house and put it up on google photos assuming that you trust google photos with uh your personal photos some people don't that's perfectly rational uh i i find that the trade-off is good that if there's one place that's super super safe and secure that will always have this I kind of like that. Uh, also exempt uh, any of the any of the photos you've taken or that you've uploaded from your Pixels uh, versions one through five. Any Pixel phone also exempt. So you will not have to uh, pay for uh, anything that you've anything that you've you're uploading from any of those phones. It seems moving forward. Uh, so also good news. But yeah, you're right. You can sort of see why they kind of have to do this, but it's still a bummer, isn't it? Yeah, I mean. I, I do I do see why they have to do this. And I think I knew when this was first announced years ago with the first Pixel that this was not something that was going to be forever just because yeah. I've been a Google user for so long and I know what their MO is. I know that a lot of folks are, you know, rightfully making a big deal out of this today and just kind of like are pretty incensed over the news. And I think, I think the reason we're feeling a little incensed is I can – see this gradual shift to taking us to Google one and getting us to kind of like start (laughs) to pay more for this stuff. Yeah. Um, That's fine. But I'm really trying to see how that's going to be worth it compared to what I'm already doing. I mean, I'm backing up my photos with Dropbox, um, which I found to be kind of the more effective solution because it integrates into my PC. I can use it cross platform (laughs) It's a little more, it's a little easier to kind of get everything into one place versus doing it with Google Photos, where I got to tell you, sometimes it's a little creepy to go into like the people it recognizes, you know, the faces it recognizes uh, module and seeing like people you haven't talked to in ages Yeah, that it has placed. It's like, oh, that's right. This person is living in the depths of my mind somewhere, but <laughs> Google has pinned them out and turned them into an algorithm. So I think... Uh, from that perspective, maybe that's going too deep into it, but yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I I've been using Dropbox less and less as I've been using Google Drive more and more. I've always been using. I've almost completely transitioned to using Google Photos as my like uh, as my like box, you know, as as my photo album. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a if I need to get a ha- get my hands on a picture that I took a while ago, I'm looking for it on Google Photos. Partly because of uh, it's I, I've got more than enough like uh, Google one drive storage to take care of all that. But also because I was going to say, I have all my stuff in creative cloud. Yeah. As an aside. Well, well, and that's, and that's another thing. I mean, the uh, Google photos is so good at tagging things and like automatically figuring out, uh, finding yeah, things I need to, to, I need to find. It. Yeah. So at the, and there, you're right that there's a lot of reasons to be, uh, I keep, I keep flip flopping between, 
I, no, actually, I don't want to. I'm not going to call people who are complaining about this entitled because they're not. It's uh, there is potentially the decision that uh, someone is entitled by saying, oh, how dare you take away this thing you've been giving me for free for five years. Um, on the other hand, the thing is the thing with a lot of these uh, powerful companies in tech offering free things to people is that it's sort of like saying it's sort of like a here is a uh, hundred acres of land that you can use for free that we're not even giving you like an end date on this. We're not even going to give you a prospective end date on this. You can use this land for free and for, for, uh, for apparently as long as you want. And maybe you're a little bit tentative for the first couple of months. You pitch a tent. Uh, then maybe you decide that, well, maybe I can just put up a shed. And then it's like eight years later, you've got a building. You've had plumbing and electricity put out there. You're getting your mail there. <laughs> you get all this stuff. And then suddenly, oh, this free land that we gave you, we're going to have to start charging you $5,000 a month for it. And it's like, okay, but I've got this house and all this stuff on here that it's going to be a huge pain in the butt to relocate from there. So I can understand the frustration here. Uh, so I, that's why I don't think I, I'm going to call these people entitled. I don't think that they're they're complaining because they're selfish and they're gimme, gimme, gimme people. I think they're complaining because they are being confronted with uh, exactly how hard, even with uh, six months notice, is going to be to get all of their photos onto someplace, uh, excuse me, to to find a new solution. I'm sorry, I was about I correct myself because remember, all of those photos will stay on Google Photos. The problem only comes if they want to keep using that as their automatic backup for all of their phone uh, phone imagery. So that's too bad. It, it does make me wonder, if, like, what happens if Google starts charging for Gmail, for instance? They, they wouldn't do that, but well. Okay, don't say they wouldn't do that. But every anytime you're relying on a free service, I, I know that the, the hippie response is always, hey, man, if it's not paying for it, you're not the customer, you're the product. Okay, fine. Thank you very much. Uh, the it's But the real risk is that if you're not paying for something, it's possible that they're trying to get you locked in until you feel as though you can't switch away from something. And that's one of the risks that a big tech company can uh, – their their presence can be. I mean, Google has to do this. They have to make the ship to shift to become a platform yeah. that somehow makes profit off of that. I think also because they're trying to diversify beyond just being search engine ad generator. I feel like Absolutely. because that's also getting them in a lot of hot water that they're trying to explore these other avenues. I just feel like it's very late in the game to be doing this. Um, back to that uh, little quote that you said there, the, you know, you're the product man. I feel like that's a good segue into the last little bit of related news. Yeah, it's okay. Well, this is this is interesting. Uh, I, again, another thing I don't know if I how I feel about this. So Google is uh, asking Google Photos users or depending on your feelings, giving the opportunity to help uh, them train up the Google Photos machine language model for identifying uh, and judging images. Uh, the uh, This is according to an article in Android Police. Uh, the Google Photos app, there is rolling out a new feature. It's a server-side feature, not something on the app, where photos will ask you to help identify and label the content in photos. And it's not obtrusive. Uh, you, you'll just be using the app, and there'll be like a little card at the bottom of the search tab saying, oh, excuse me, uh, what do, you, do you want an opportunity to to uh, help us improve our machine language. And then if you tap on that, uh, it'll show you a batch of 10 photos and then ask you just freestyle, please just add whatever relevant tags uh, you think are relevant to them. Uh, and after you've done 10, if you want to continue, it will start to ask you uh, specific questions that the people who are creating the machine language model are interested in. Uh, here I'm quoting Android Police. When you're done, Photos asks if you'd like to try another kind of question, and that's where you see three more training exercises. One checks if certain pics uh, are print-worthy, uh, likely to aid in the monthly print subscription. Uh, the other sees which kinds of animations and collages and other automated photo creations you're interested in. And the third one wants to know whether pics taken on a specific day are related to that day's known holiday or festivity. So that's, again, Wait a minute. they still have that print subscription. I thought they canceled it. Yeah. Did they? Or maybe it's they just, it, is maybe it a, it's in the graveyard? Or is it in the graveyard or is it just announced that it's got a, an end date? This is, no, this, this is, was October 20th. Yeah. This was, okay, this was so that, not that, was that just, 
that is a quote from Android Police. That was just speculation. So if, if that's incorrect, uh, it was just a slip of the tongue on no, their part. No, 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 no. I, I, I think I, I don't know that it's spec. I think it's just confusing. Um, but at the same time, it shouldn't be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, actually, I'm seeing TechCrunch. Google Photos revives its print subscription service uh, for shipping prints. Suggested to you monthly for $6.99 a month, according to TechCrunch, uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, the company earlier this year had briefly tested a new program that used AI to suggest the month's 10 best photos, which were then shipped to your home automatically. But Google ended the test on June 30th. Yep. So yep. they're saying the new subscription launching soon leverages feedback from the early test to now give users more control over which prints they receive and how they look and drops the price to $6.99 per month, including shipping and before tax. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, – on the one hand, it benefits all of us if their machine language model is improved. It also benefits all of us if they are making sh- – if they're being uh, smart about who gets to see this and who gets to participate in this machine language trial uh, because the more people who are like non-white, non-male, non-American, so they get cultural perspectives, so they get a lot of different information, the better. It is um, – However, this does tie in very well to, again, the Google boastpology about how popular the Google Photos is and why they have to start uh, charging for new uploads. We're so sorry that we're just so popular that we <laughs> yeah. could not make room for all of you to come to the party. So we decided that we're going to have three separate parties. This is something that I've heard before uh, in my youth. Uh, the nice thing is that they're not asking me, but still, could you see your way clear to buying like eight or nine bags of party ice and dropping it off at the back porch at around 830? That, that's the thing that kind of hurt in my Ouch. in my youth. Uh, but what, what I'm getting at, it, though, is that so it just I'd never actually seen the number before uh, four trillion photos and videos. That is one hell of a training uh, pile uh, for all their machine learning for them to see four trillion photos and videos and it's never i don't think it's a privacy thing because google has established that they know privacy they value and they legitimately truly value uh protecting people's privacy however boy what an important company asset that becomes that i have this database of four trillion photos and videos that we are permitted to have our machine learning models examine and become much much better at face learning from much much better at learning about terrain much much better for things like uh, street view and other things like that so this is one of the things that we are giving to we're, that this is one of the ways that we're already paying for google photos by giving them so much experience in a very very important uh part of artificial intelligence that becomes a very, very commercial product, i.e. face recognition, uh, identification, tracking people from uh, through cameras from one place to another. So there's that. There is that. There is that. Shall we take a break? I feel like taking a break. We'll be back after this. This episode of Material is brought to you by Hotjar. Do you have a website? Did you put time and energy into getting that website live? Do you want that hard work to go to waste by not knowing what your visitors are doing when they visit your site? Of course not. You know that each visit to your site is an opportunity to gather important data to help you convert more visitors into customers, but you might not know that you can unlock that data with Hotjar. Hotjar is a behavior analytics and user feedback service that helps you understand the behavior of your website users and get their feedback through heat maps, session recordings, and surveys. This helps take all the guesswork out of how your visitors use your site, making it easier to convert those visitors into customers. You can learn more now at Hotjar.com. And if you want to try Hotjar business right now free for 90 days, that's right, three whole months with no credit card required, just click the link in the show notes. See how visitors are really using your website. Collect user feedback and turn more visitors into customers. And when your 90-day trial ends, add your payment details to keep the business plan. Or we could just drown, downgrade to a free account. Don't miss out on that important data from your site visitors. Learn more at hotjar.com. And if you want to get that 90-day trial, click the link again in the show notes. Our thanks to Hotjar for their support of the show and all of Relay FM. Well, uh, you've heard me and you've also heard Flo uh, complain about, well, me more than Flo, complain about having spent, uh, having bought a whole bunch of uh, Google Home slash Google Nest speakers. Uh, I now have, according to, I didn't 
pay list price for these two Google Home Max speakers, but I've got like seven, eight hundred dollars worth of Google Home Max speakers on a shelf in my bedroom to the left and to the right of my television with a uh, Google Chromecast with Google TV uh, in between them, it would almost be okay to assume that I could use that as the out, as the audio output for uh, whatever I'm I'm watching with this Google Chromecast with uh, with Google TV, wouldn't you think? And I was nonplussed uh, to say the least. My elan was severely dampened by the knowledge that no, you can't. You can connect to a Google Home Nest speaker via Bluetooth from a Chromecast or a device like this, but you can't actually say go into a menu and say hello Chromecast, hello Android TV. Please use this these these speakers that were designed by your company that were with a protocol designed by your company and please use those as output um however a redditor has given <laughs> that us would a make little... too much sense yeah exactly i'm still <laughs> i'm still a soul in pain whenever whenever this topic is brought back up as listeners you can certainly no doubt both detect and understand well we might be seeing some hope <laughs> uh, on this horizon a redditor uh spotted a piece of text in a description that uh, pops up for a uh, uh for the google's nest audio store page uh for the uh information that that's associated with uh, the new Google Nest speakers, those really cool $99 pillow speakers. Uh, the text says, quote, with Chromecast and Google TV, Nest Audio becomes your home theater sound system. Just pair two Nest Audio speakers together for stereo sound. Uh, another editor looked at this and responded that the same copy appears on the UK version of that page, localized as, quote, home cinema, as opposed localized to home, as home theater. Localized home cinema. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. I was, I was looking oh for, God. like, OUs instead of O, but it's home cinema, apparently. Um, so uh, Apple has, uh, this has been a really, really important feature. Apple has already announced this feature for HomePod and Apple TV. And you know, like, you, like you said, Flo, it's like, why does, you would just assume this actually works. Um, the 95 Google is speculating that maybe this was planned for the September 30th Chromecast with Google TV. Mm. We need a new word for Chromecast with Google TV. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. That, by the way, is not the official. Uh, I, no, no, I'm designated. The official term, the official product name for Chromecast with Google TV is Chromecast with Google TV. We need a new name. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Anyway, uh, speculation that maybe this feature was planned for announcement at the September 30th uh, launch event, but it wasn't ready yet, uh, which could make some sense because at the time we're all wondering about, gee, why does this? Why is the only logo on the box of, of supported services? Why is the Google Stadia game streaming service like? not part of that collection uh and then someone was sideloading the stadia app onto the chromecast with google tv device no works perfectly fine so maybe this was another maybe being able to use the speakers as uh google chromecast uh, home audio speakers was a feature that was ready to go but it wasn't certified yet or there's some bugs or something and maybe we'll see that as a software update fingers crossed i hope uh, yeah, we better because otherwise, why do I have all these like little things in my house? Not, not, you know, I'm even counting the Nest Minis, whatever you want to call them now. I mean, I yeah. just, I would like a little more functionality from all the stuff that I, I have kind of littering my house right now. I, <laughs> I hate to say it, but, you know, um, the, the home group is a nice situation, but I imagine that it would go beyond just that so that I could do a little bit more. Um, I don't know. Yeah. See that it's the hardest thing for, uh, there, there, we all have our, our, our burdens as like people who are invested heavily in a certain huge tech companies stuff for Apple. It's largely, but why can't I upgrade the memory in my $3,000 notebook? Or why is my company, why is this company that I purport to be so user focused, making a nine hundred dollar set of wheels for their three thirty thousand dollar computer. That's their burden. Our burden is, yeah. I'm just curious why you're paying money to put more and more microphones connected to Google around your house. Again, that is something that we you really do need to have a prepared statement ready for that. And you're you're hoping to change the subject before there are counter arguments. Again, that's our burden. But the, but it, the, our burden is lessened when we can say, but look at all the new features that they keep adding to this thing. Look at all the things I'm getting in response to that. And 
think something as simple as, yes, I can use this as a simple way of putting wireless surround speakers inside my inside my bedroom or my, my living room. That's a good one. If they were to come up with things like, oh, well, actually, we'll also work with your uh, work with home automation to turn lights on and off and turn heating and air conditioning on and off as people move through the house because the microphone can detect the presence of people inside a room. That would also be nice. Creepy, but that also nice. That would be nice. Uh, we just don't want to have to say, well, they just seem like, did you see the Google doodle from last week with the, with the, with the magician kitties? That was sweet. Uh. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It just made me think about yesterday. I was like talking to my husband upstairs and we were trying to whisper because we didn't want my mom to hear anything from (laughs) We were talking smack, and we didn't want and we didn't want her to hear through the baby monitor. And then uh, we realized, wait, there's other microphones in this house. We have microphones in every single. And I don't know. I, I, uh, I there's just at at some point, I don't know if I'm going to give up these microphones because they really have added a convenience to my life that I wouldn't otherwise have. Um, and remember, I'm I'm raising a baby that sees – she turns her head when she sees me talking out into the void. She knows I'm, like, talking to some machine somewhere, and she's turning her head to see which thing is going to light up and answer. So uh, I don't know how that was completely related, just except yeah. that I have way too many of these things in my house, and I need more functionality added to them, and this just makes sense. Yeah. So let's make it happen. It's it's part of the deal. Like we give you something, but please give me something of greater. It's it's always it's a a, a, a transactional version of It's like the machine learning so thing high. from the last act. We were talking about that. It's just like, and that was the thing that a lot of people were talking about too. Just with the last Google Photos news, um, saying, "Oh, we gave you all of this data and all of this ability to do this thing, and this is how you repay us." <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. So what what are you what are you gonna do when uh, when she starts talking and she has the ability to like make DJ requests? <laughs> I told you that I bought her like a little DJ yeah. uh, toy table thing, and so now every morning, um, I don't know if she's doing this on purpose if I'm just like projecting that this is what's happening, but she will like she'll play it and then look at me as I'm you know making breakfast for us, and then she just starts like dancing and is like waiting for me to dance too so i'm sort of expecting that it's going to be that situation with like don't you approve and then i will be like yeah totally yeah mommy's really into that song totally (laughs) no uh, sleep uh, till bedtime (laughs) that's the kids bop version um, really? Oh dear! <laughs> no, no, no! I just <laughs> oh, that's, that okay. I'm just see. I, I'm already kind of freaking out. The first the first time that uh, one of the songs that one of the pieces of music that I used to like in school that would get me beaten up in junior high was used as a car commercial. That's always a paradigm shift. And when you're saying that, oh, turn that down. We don't want we don't want mom and dad to hear that you're playing Beastie Boys. <laughs> No, uh, sleep until bedtime. Yay! Oh, isn't that adorable? It's a paradigm shift. It's a very, very weird reality sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Speaking of uh, far from reality. (laughs) Well, uh, good news for uh, skiing enthusiast Eric Schmidt, who you'll recall from our earlier act, is a former CEO of Google. I'm, I'm guessing. Is he really a skiing enthusiast? Well, I'm guessing. No, I, I, I realize that I'm – see, I'm trying to figure out why he sought and won approval for himself and his family to become citizens of Cyprus. Uh, and it is beautiful. It is right? beautiful. I mean, um, they have beautiful skiing. Uh, Mount Olympus got uh, got its first ski lifts about 20 or 30 oh, years ago. Oh, I actually didn't know it? that they had skiing uh, in Cyprus. Yeah, uh, so actually, the Cypress Ski Club, uh, created on March 2nd, 1947, uh, has, has a leading role in the development of skiing oh, on wow, the island, uh, uh, built on the upper, on the eastern face of Mount Olympus. Uh, I'm, ro- uh, I'm sorry, the, I'm rolling my eyes. I apologize to all Kurtos those who are of great heritage. Well, just, you know, come on, Mount Olympus. No, I'm just, see, again, I, I, I realize Could that this is not real strange? journalism here. I'm, I'm, I'm speculating because I, I don't know why. I was trying to figure out why would he want to have a Cypress passport, have, have, have citizens citizenship if not for like he just he and his family go skiing there a lot and it's just such a bummer to have to go through immigration every single time whereas if he were a citizen um, now coincidentally i did do some googling on this uh, and it turns out that uh, cyprus is 
one of those uh, countries that will allow super rich people to purchase citizenship uh, for tens of millions of dollars after a certain uh, approvals process. Uh, there have been 4,000 of these uh, citizenship recipients uh, since 2013, uh, mostly wealthy oligarchs from Russia. Uh, and, uh, you know, it allows uh, passports will allow people to travel freely in Europe, uh, take advantage of the program for financial and tax reasons. But again, I'm sure it's all about the skiing because, you know, otherwise that would seem just weird, wouldn't it? This I is just so know. blatantly like transparent <laughs> when you really look into it that sometimes I just I really can't I just can't believe. But the thing is, nobody's really paying attention to this except you and I, right? And then the people that we're informing about it. But that's why this is our job, is to look at these little things and think about what is the real meaning behind this. And clearly, this is just complete tax evasion. So (laughs) maybe maybe that's a little – maybe I'm being a little accusatory, but – you know, it's yeah, it's 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 probably weird that the, the uh, recode has a, a long article about this explains this program. By the way, they are ending this program. Uh, they helped help bail them out of big financial jam uh, uh, Cyprus uh, a while ago, but they're ending. What about it. my and financial jam? Good point. You know, I mean, I'm just a, I'm just a middle class person here. Where where's my help? Where's my offer of citizenship? <laughs> um, you know. Also, let's not talk, let's not forget the last four years that I've had to endure. Yeah, I'm just well, saying. Well, see that that's that's an, that's another piece of color that could be applied to this. That uh, the so the application Recode is saying that because of the way the, 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 this mechanism works, it's likely that he applied for this passport six months ago. So that was when coronavirus was uh, back back when coronavirus was still raging. No, it's still absolutely raging. Please keep. Yeah, your I don't know. On. By the Please way, those of us in the U.S., it's like completely red across the board, except yeah, for Vermont, one actually, little Vermont, state, except for Vermont. Yeah, there you go. Except for Vermont. Everything everything comes by around a circle. So the only <laughs> the only the, the the only thing that I can see, I don't know. I, I try I, before I I have this rule for myself where before I just, just when I, when I decide that someone is a, is a jerk and please substitute more strong word, versions of the word jerk. I don't I don't like to ever go back on that. I like to be oh gosh I was wrong about that. I guess I, with more context and more information, this person isn't a jerk hall. Uh, so to speak. Uh, and so I try to think about, well, are there any legitimate reasons to do this? And I could think, okay, if I were a multi-billionaire and I were, and I, and I just, and things looked kind of grim uh, in early 2020 on a bunch of different, uh, on a different bunch of different levels for people living in the United States of America and thinking that, gee, if I write a check for the relative cost of a deluxe burrito, I can have passports and me and my family could leave America and come back when the coast is clear. Now, when the coast is clear can mean it means that, oh, well, they found out like what I've been doing, like hiding, <laughs> hiding funds and, and stuff like that. Or it could mean, you know, if I, I'm not sure that if, if I'm a, if I'm a multi-billionaire and I have the ability to create a brand new, wonderful life for myself, wherever I live, perhaps he would not uh, perhaps i would not want to be around for a second trump term but this is entitlement this is about privilege these are things that opportunities we don't have and i should also uh, stop myself and say that i'm being very generous and saying or it's just that he does he wants to be able to do business in the, in the eu and he wants not to be barred from being in the eu even though uh, american travel is barred to parts of the country or again there are financial repercussions they must take care of i mean this isn't like when like steven seagal like <laughs> really really kicked kissed butt and to try to get a, a russian passport uh where you're like okay I don't maybe he maybe he has a statement to make. Maybe he's doing something weird. Maybe he's just being Steven Seagal E. I don't care. It's Steven Seagal. However, when it's when it's one of the most financially powerful, influential people in the world who's like, I don't I don't want restrictions on where I can travel, you start feeling like, but it would make you more human if you accepted that I have restrictions on what I can do in this world. You you wonder if him not murdering a waiter who 
doesn't bring him the right kind of pie that he ordered. If Is that because he understands there's a concept of right and wrong, there's a moral certainty to some things? Or is he just thinking that here's how much money it would cost for me to get out of this? Here's what a bad time this would be to be involved in a murder investigation – See, you'd hope that it's because he has an ethical and moral compass that says that human life is sacred. And I don't care if this, you know, it, it bums me out that this apple pie has raisins in it, even though I asked if they could prepare it without raisins for me. That's not a reason to take a take a human being's life. Not even Steven Seagal's. And I'm not, I'm not a fan of Steven Seagal. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we're going to remind you once again that if you have any questions, comments, or if you want to become a member of the Relay FM host family we have here at Relay, uh, you can go to relay.fm slash material and become a supporting contributor to relay.fm. You'll be supporting us here at Material and everybody at the entire Material Network, and particularly us here at Material, and we'd be very, very grateful for that as our thank you. We have some bonus content that's available just for our members. You'll also get access to all the special content that's been created by all the other podcasts out there flow anything you want people to know about celebrate support in the next week uh check out florenceion.com just updated it with a new blog post and new recent work um i actually have a lenovo laptop review just went up oh. so anybody who's interested in the Ryzen chip and what that might do for your productivity you can go to tom's guide link is up at my website florenceion.com Lovely. As for me, you can go to uh, Anatko on Instagram or Twitter, anatko.com, where I'm rebuilding my website once again. Uh, and uh, as usual, I'm on uh, usually every Friday at around 1 p.m. on Boston Public Radio, Boston's NPR station, WGBH. No, they do not let me do the station ID because I have a, I, I try to make fun of it by saying WGBH or Boston's NPR station instead of just saying <laughs> Just say it. It's fine. Just say it. It's not a sitcom. Just say it. Uh, go to WGBHnews.org and do a search for my last name, and you will be able to. They usually clip out my segments as their own special thing uh, they can listen to and stream whenever you want. That's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you listen to us again next week. In the meantime, have a fantastic seven days, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 